Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Charlie. And I'm Hannah. And we're two 20-somethings reading our favourite childhood book, but this time with added alcohol and cynicism. In today's episode, we're reading the first chapter of Half-Blood Prince. And I just went to check what chapter number it was. <laughs> Let me just check my notes. Oh, it's chapter one. I was like, why can't I see it? Oh, it's one. <laughs> Yeah, so grab a glass of your favourite alcoholic beverage and join us in on a teacup. In a, a tea- teapot. Teapot. Grab a teapot of your favourite alcoholic beverage and join us on this drunken, reminiscent journey. Hi. Hi. It's a new season. Wow. Season six, baby. It's terrifying that this is the second to last. Penultimate. That sure do be a word. Yes, it is. That is horrifying. Yeah. I remember starting book four and being like, oh my God, these are like the big ones that are like, whoa, we're so far through. (laughs) And it's like, I feel really like, I'm like, oh my God, no, we're like so close to the end and that's so depressing. But then it's like, the last book took us two years. (laughs) I think we're fine. (laughs) Yeah, I was finding out the rest of our 2022 and like we're not even getting that far through book six, like... Which is wild. Yeah. So it's all good. It's all good. But we're back for a new season with not much new going on. We might have new things to update you on at some point. We're working on some things. We're working. Yeah, we're working on summertime things. Yeah, but we're also working on like behind the scenes business things. Are we? (laughs) Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah. We might start running ads. We might. Soon. So season six might be the start of ads. Us finally monetizing. Yeah. And if that annoys you, I don't care. (laughs) So we have new patrons to welcome to the Patreon. Every time I say that, I'm like, it sounds, Mm. it sounds awkward. A Nick dropping size. Thank you to Not So Headless Nick, who is upgraded. A tiller, as in the thing that steers a boat. Mine was better. Size thank you to Tilly. A Japan size thank you to Jillian, who's a new producer level patron. A mashed potato size thank you to Madeline. A Messiah size thank you to Megan. A Ferris wheel size thank you to Felicia. A Minge size thank you to Mary Cat. A Karate size thank you to Kaylee. A Christina Aguilera size thank you to Carla. A Magnetic size thank you to McKee123. A Syphilis size thank you to Sophie. And an Ebenezer Scrooge size thank you to Erin. Random Christmas theme. <laughs> you know, sometimes you've got to bring up Christmas in this episode will be released in April. Yep. <laughs> um, thank you all so much for joining the Patreon and for supporting this podcast. Yeah. Do you want to read out our review? I do indeed. This is the fifth review from Finland, lol. I'm so yep. happy with this new awful tradition we've created. <laughs> obsessed with this podcast and then it says a weird collection of letters which i assume might have once been an emoji but has been bastardized by all the systems the reviews go through i love listening to it in public (laughs) please don't play us out loud it totally helps my social anxiety let's get to 20 reviews we've got over 20 total um katsu but in finland yes other finnish people yes leave reviews reviews. (laughs) um yeah thank you for listening to us in public but please don't play us out loud because people will worry about you now drinking the thing that we are drinking what are we drinking hannah we're drinking 
Now, I wanted to go back and double check this, but I can't for the life of me find the original message. So I just hope I wrote it down right originally. This comes from our producer level patron, Nicholas, who requested one part gin, one part lemonade, a dollop of jam and shit tons of ice, all served from a teapot, open bracket, ice in the teapot, close bracket. This is so specific. And yet, I just assumed you put it all in the teapot. And then I was like, Charlie, the jam isn't disintegrating. <laughs> so I kind of realised I should have shaken yeah. the ice, the gin and the jam together, shaken that, put that in the teapot, put the lemonade in the teapot, then put the ice in the teapot. Perhaps. But no, we've got lumpy jam. Okay, lovely. I mean, it sounds really nice. I fucking love jam. But um, I love the specificity of the teapot. Yeah. I mean, I like it because when you go to... What's that place that they serve the cocktails out of cocktails? They serve the cocktails out of cocktails. Cocktails out of teapots. Oh, There's one Little in... Nans. Yeah, Little Nans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like little Nans. Do you want to video me whilst I pour this out of the teapot? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. That looks like when you're on your first day of your period. <laughs> Just chunks of congealed jam. Just kind of plopping out of the spout oh still very strong that is so strong i upped the lemonade in it wow wow do you want more lemonade i think so yeah 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 that's powerful like the jam nicholas yeah but one part gin to one part lemonade i'm not that hardcore i'm yeah. sorry thanks nicholas that was a fun one yeah i loved the specificity of the teapot um, mm -hmm. Luckily, I had a teapot. We had an argument about the fact I have an ornamental teapot. <laughs> no, but, okay. <laughs> Hannah knows I don't really drink tea. And by don't really drink tea, I, I don't drink tea. Hannah has had a go at me before the fact she's come to my flat before, well, my old one, and asked for, a, like, a hot beverage. And I'm like, I don't have any. And then she texted me the other day and she's like, do you have a teapot? I'm like, Hannah, who the fuck owns a teapot, let alone someone that doesn't drink tea? And she's like... I own a teapot. I'm like, why are you asking me then? And she's like, well, it's ornamental. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, well, first off, you are such, no offence, a hipster that you might own something that you do not use. And don't say that that is not accurate about you. No. How can you sit there and say you're such a hipster that you might own something that you don't use when you own an ornamental teapot? You are accusing me of the thing that you do. That you you're uh, you're projecting. <laughs> this is classic projection. You own weird hot beverage making devices. You own one of those what? fucking. I own a coffee machine. You own a matcha brush. Yeah, it's not a brush. It's a whisk. Yo, the ornamental teapot I have owned since university. Uh, my mum found it in a charity shop, and she knows I like likes bookshops and tea so she sent it to me at university like packaged it up and sent it to me but it is not actually meant to have tea drunk out of it why how do you know that well just because of the shape of it but it's weird it's a teapot do you not think that's a really sad fate for it to never have tea made out of it oh that made me sad for the teapot's fate yeah well, it's probably make... like finally a beverage <laughs> wait wait it's why alcoholic. are there clumps of jam inside me <laughs> help yeah, anyway. but it's very cute. It's a very cute teapot. Bookshop teapot. Hello, this is a quick insert from future yeah. Charlie and Hannah. Yeah, we wanted to do a quick PSA to not fucking support JK Rowling. Yeah, so by the time you're listening to this, I think we're releasing this essentially the day 
or the days surrounding yeah. the release of Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah. And, and this is quite funny. Not Crimes of Grindelwald. That was the last film. <laughs> Secrets of yeah. Dumbledore. We just went back a few years. Yeah, Which cause, was weird because that was so close to us beginning our podcast. That yeah. is how long this film has been in production. I know because they rewrote it because the original one was terrible and it's still terrible. terrible. Not that we've seen it. We just know it will be. We read the reviews. Yeah. <laughs> Something was pointed out to us the other day because, and it's quite funny to me because we obviously use our platform to talk about JK Rowling and how she's terrible and and say that we won't be supporting her. We realised the other day, because someone messaged us, we can also use our platform and our influence to tell other people not to support her as well, which we kind of felt was implied. But basically, um, one of our patrons, Alex, messaged to be like, ask, are you actually going to be telling people, like, don't go and see the film, don't go and play the game? And I was like, holy fuck, yeah, that's something we can do. Yeah. So this is us doing it, guys. Don't go and see... The yeah. secrets of Dumbledore. Because the thing is, like, as, as I'm sure a lot of you do, I have an intrigue of how much of a shithole, mm. shitfire bag of crap this I film hate is going to be. I want to hate watch. There are ways of hate watching if you really have to without giving money to JK Rowling. Because the thing is, if you hate watch by going to see it in the cinema, think how many other people are doing it. And every time somebody do does that, good words from me. Every time somebody does that, it tells Warner Brothers that people are still interested in engaging with this media and they will sign J.K. Rowling on for another film. The best we can hope for from Warner Brothers right now and the best all of us can hope for to enjoy J.K. Rowling, not enjoy J.K. Rowling, Jesus, enjoy Harry Potter and Harry Potter media moving forwards is for Warner Brothers to buy J.K. Rowling out at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And I will link um, a creator down below that originally said this, but I'm going to paraphrase what they said because something that we have said many times before and that I absolutely stand by is that J.K. Rowling is very, very rich and that not giving her your money isn't going to make any difference. And whilst I do absolutely stand by that, but I stand by that and I still say that I don't want to give her any extra money, but at the same time, I'm not going to feel bad about talking about Harry Potter as if that somehow generates her money. I do stand by that. However, there's this one TikTok creator that made the very, very good point that goes against this in a lot of circumstances where if you are not willing to mildly inconvenience yourself by not paying money to go and see this film or to go and buy the upcoming Harry Potter game, when push comes to shove, if you're not willing to mildly inconvenience yourself for the trans community, do you actually think that you're going to stand up against those people that seek to oppress or harm? Not that oppression isn't harm. You know what I mean? Are you actually going to stand up for trans people if you won't even go through the inconvenience of having to wait a few months to torrent yeah. the film? I will be hate watching the film, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, we we're, not, we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna sit on our little throne and be like we're never gonna watch it yes we are we're gonna watch it at some point mm. when we can torrent it for free yeah. yeah we're definitely not gonna be promoting it on the podcast no. if we talk about it we will be only talking about it in an incredibly negative light yeah to not encourage people to go buy it as for the harry potter game i've re- i've been through the motions with this because when it was First announced, I was like, oh my God, this is everything I've ever dreamed of as a massive gamer that my favourite style of game is an open world game. A Harry Potter open world game is the ultimate dream for me. Like, this is it. This is all I've ever wanted. 
And then J.K. Rowling turned out to be a shithead. And then I was like, eh, when it comes out, I'll torrent it. Up until a few weeks ago, when we kind of got an insight into just how bad this game is going to be. In that it is literally, like, the plot is about those damn juice, sorry, I mean, goblins. like Uprising, nah, get back down, you yeah, damn juice goblins. And there's a slavery plot line as well with and the house elves. And your sidekick is your little buddy slave boy, the house elves. Yeah, and apparently the lead designer on the game is literally like a member of the alt-right and has a youtube channel literally spreading hatred like anti-abortion anti-women's right anti like you know like massively like racist i'm just like this game at this point i don't even not only am i not gonna buy it i don't have an interest in playing it because why would i i i don't want to play a game that is about these kind of things I will just replay Skyrim or Red Dead Redemption like if I want a good open world game like it literally looks like a Skyrim knockoff anyway um so just play Skyrim and pretend it's about Harry Potter but like yeah I have no interest in playing the game now that I know that what the game's about I'm just like this is not a plot that I really want to participate in um but yeah either way I will not be giving JK Rowling my money for either of these things I will be hate watching the film potentially I will not be playing the game and I would we both would encourage you to both like do the same don't pay money don't participate don't talk about it because trust me when I say we both work in social media as well this is the thing when you tweet about something there are there's technology out there that can count how many people are like tweeting about that thing and this is why if ever i hate tweet about something i will try and like censor it you know if you like put the asterisks yeah 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 because otherwise people can be like oh yeah people are like tweeting about piers morgan yeah and they'll see the amount and they're like so he's super relevant so let's put him on our like tv shows or whatever so always if you're gonna hate ideally don't hate tweet about stuff but like if you want to like hate tweet or post about things always make sure that you like put an asterisk put you know like a zero instead of an o something so that they can't see okay loads of people are talking about jk rowling loads of people are talking about fantastic beasts because otherwise they're still going to count that as a success because any conversation is still conversation yeah and you guys might be thinking right now god these two fucking bitches sitting on their little high horse whining about people engaging in harry potter while they run a harry potter podcast valid well (laughs) we have gone and done some work for you. Yeah. We have created a resource and it is called the How to Enjoy Harry Potter Without Supporting J.K. Rowling. It's a catchy name, actually. It's really, we did well with that one. (laughs) Well done, us. Um, We might need to come up with a better name for this document. No, it it says what What it does does, on the tin. does on the tin. We have created a giant a ever evolving giant spreadsheet for you yep. of how you can still engage with Harry Potter without supporting J.K. Rowling. Now, this is not just oh, listen to our own podcast because that would be a wanky thing to do. Although we, although are, we are the first, entry. we are the first thing on this because <laughs> let's be honest, we put the work in. Yeah, this combines anything you could want. You want merch? Don't buy it from Warner Brothers. Buy it from independent merch creators. Unlicensed. Unlicensed. Don't even buy it. Yeah, there are many merch sellers who license through Warner Brothers. They are not on the list. Mm -hmm. 
Do you want the books? We've given advice on how to buy if you want them physically secondhand, and we've given links to read or download them online. Do you want the films? We've given links of where you can torrent Which them. Which we Please don't. We cannot us. condone. You must not torrenting. Don't, tor- don't torrent things. Torrenting things is, is bad. bad. Do not torrent things. Do not illegally download, download things. things. It's very bad. Very but bad. If you already own copies and you want a digital file and and you're gonna potentially they might be there but There's don't do link, it it's very like, bad that we didn't put the link god forbid you do that you naughty naughty, naughty little things. there's also you know you want you want to play a game well we found packs of sims expansions where people have hand created harry yeah. potter things it's basically this ever-evolving list of just resources how you can enjoy harry potter without actually financially contributing yeah to Harry Potter there is also a page on it where you can submit your own so say you know someone that creates amazing unlicensed wizarding inspired merchandise because yeah, Charlie's like how do you tell it's a license and I'm like the language that they yeah. use <laughs> I love going on people's sites when they're like this t-shirt is yeah. inspired by wizarding mm-hmm. society <laughs> say you know some amazing fan fiction an amazing podcast um anything at all that you want to share that can help people enjoy harry potter without financially contributing to jk to jk rowling or warner brothers it's there please put it in the list there is one tab at the bottom for submitting and then we'll be going through and adding things to the official main tab as we go so yeah do check that out because we know that it's all well and good to say hey don't do this thing but like we enjoy participating in Harry Potter, so yeah, we want to so, give people alternatives. So in that vein, we have got links for both the other Fantastic Beasts films, and will be adding a link to the third Fantastic Beasts. Not films. that you should torrent Not things. Not that you, you should torrent bad it. naughty people. Not because we're necessarily saying, oh, you should all still watch it, but illegally, because that's not what we believe. Like, obviously, not engaging is the best form, but there is no perfect world or situation for this situation that we're in currently. So we have just tried to be as helpful as possible. Basically, created the resource that we want to yeah. see and want to use. And please do contribute it to it. Our like vision for this is that it does become like a living, breathing document with yeah. loads of people, even outside of the listeners. Like that's the thing. Please share it as well, because we're intending that this can be a thing that the Harry Potter community at large can all contribute to. Yes. All of the good people in the community um, we do have it locked so that only us can do the edits to the main page. Yeah, just so we don't get spammed. But yeah, if you see people on Twitter being like, oh, I want to engage, but I don't know how, drop yeah. them the link to yeah. this spreadsheet. Share it in your Harry Potter community so that people can add to it. Whilst Send it we to own your the friends. document, we want this to be a thing for the community at yeah. large, where it essentially becomes this one source of truth for all of the Harry Potter resources that you could ever want. Yep. So yeah, add to the contribute page, uh, suggest any notes or any extra things that you'd like to see. We're happy to do more research into other things and categories we could add as well. And yeah, just, you know, fight the good fight. (laughs) Yeah, fight the good fight. Anyway, this is the lecture over. Thank you for listening to us say, do not support JK Rowling. Bye. She's a tough. I say, I say, not bye. Back to the previous Hannah and Charlie. Bye, 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 bye. Oh, are we ready? Yeah. Chapter one. Wait, no, we normally took... Talk, talk. <gasps>
Oh, we do normally talk we about do like the, the book. book going into it. Well, you know, how did you first read this book? Um, this was the first book I got first in the family. I fought off the rest of my family to get it first. I remember waiting for the release of this one. By the sixth one, they were like, maybe we should let the child in the family have the children's book first. Yeah. Yeah, but then I think I remember... We always went on holiday around the time they were released. And this is where I'm going to look it up. And it was not released around the time we were on holiday. And, like, I'm wrong. But, like, I do remember my mum reading it on holiday. I think I had already read it, but she was reading it on holiday. Like, I do have a memory of that. Yeah. But I have a lot less memories of reading this for the first time than I do book seven. I have vivid memories of reading book seven for the first time. I think this is the first one that I really remember, like, the hype before Mm. and, like, reading it for the first time-ish. Not much, but, like, ish. Like, the others are completely blank to me. Yeah. Completely. And I think, like, the thing that I remember most distinctively about this book is the cover which is like something I hadn't even thought about until I saw yours earlier when I came in here. And I think I remember this cover, but I like remember it kind of being announced and like seeing it for the first time and it really standing out to me because I think until this point in the Harry Potter books, Harry and Dumbledore's relationships are like the end of the book summary chats. And that's all they have to do with each other, which is why I always find it weird in the last book when Harry's like, he won't look at me or talk to me. I'm like, when did he ever, When did he before? Yeah. Um, so they don't really have that much of a relationship aside from those like end of year chats. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the fact that they're on the cover together. Yeah. Clearly having some kind of adventure. It really like set up a lot about the book from like the get go of, okay, like this is a lot more adult, you know, Dumbledore's clearly taking him along on some adventure. And I remember like being really excited and like finding that fascinating. Yeah. I, I also think they kind of, probably got feedback on the fifth one that it was not a very exciting cover for a book that is meant to be aimed at children and has adult covered versions in the uk the adult covered versions were a big deal yeah and like the rest were meant to be for children and book five had let's be honest a bit of a boring cover so Mm. in book six they were like boom you got harry dumbledore on fire and i also love the colors of this one the green and the blue go so well together like this one is really satisfying colors yeah no, I think that might be my favourite cover out of all of them. It's definitely like the most kind of nostalgic. Yeah. Um, like I was like young enough to appreciate it, old enough to remember it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like this is, you know, the first one that I really actually kind of remember it coming out and like being a thing. I find the blurbs on Harry Potter so funny because they get more and more vague as the series goes on. Mm. This one is literally recapping the end of book five and then literally telling you that Dumbledore's going to arrive at the Dursley's house and then it ends as, as the worlds of muggle and magic start to intertwine. Yeah. What a vague description of this book. Oh, they're like the additions that I have which are like the newer covers, yeah. like the newer kids ones. The blurbs are awful. It just like, none of them really allude anything to what they're about. They're really cheesily written, really oh, yeah. badly written and they pick up on just like really random small details of the plot. That are just like, why would you include this on the back? Blurbs are bizarre. Like, I find the process of writing blurbs fascinating because, yeah, they're just so fucking weird. Mm. Yeah, I think that the new ones are, like, really badly written because I keep reading them when I give them to Connor. And every time I'm like, oh, my God, like, please don't judge it by the blurb. To be fair, I will read a blurb when I'm deciding to read a book, but I will not read a blurb when I start reading a book because I think it kind of ruins it for you as you go into it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to reference it again, but the King Killer trilogy it's quite interesting the first well all of them but they have the blurb is essentially like a summary of his like kind of achievements Mm. 
of like the things that like the main protagonist is like known for. Like mm. he, you know, courted a princess and defeated a blah 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 and things like that. Right. So it's it's like interesting because you kind of start the books off knowing a lot about the character, both in terms of like what's on the back and also like what is kind of said at the start, and then it goes back through his life. So it's very interesting read because you know about all of these things, but you're hearing about how they came to be. So it's like that I do keep looking at the back because I'm trying to like put things together. Oh, that's uh, cool. But that's the first time I've ever like read the blurb as I'm reading the book. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what I thought about this book at the time. Luckily, I did not get the spoiler because this is the book where the internet had really taken off. Mm. And within five hours of it going out, the spoiler... Um, Dumbledore Day is on page blah 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 was online and luckily I was not massively online in 2005 and yeah. did not get that spoiled for me because that would have really upset me yeah I can't remember if I got that spoiled I might have done that's the kind of thing my sister would have spoiled for me oh but I can't remember if I had or not but yeah I, I remember really enjoying this one at the time and now I like before we've kind of reread it, I would place it pretty highly in my ranking of all seven because mm. it doesn't have it fixes a lot of the issues we had with book five. It is a much more manageable length. She's had an <laughs> editor. Well done. Book seven is fun because it breaks the format. But this is kind of your last chance to do like a Hogwarts year. And it's a nice Hogwarts year. Harry is not fucking miserable at Hogwarts which is nice because the last few books he's been like I'm sad all the time I agree I think especially yeah having just read like the last two where he was just stressed out and miserable the entire time he's quite happy in a lot of this book even the third one he had like the whole god yeah yeah the second one yeah he he gets to be happy yeah he gets to enjoy Hogwarts in this book I feel like and maybe we're gonna read it and be like nah he's more depressed than we thought but like I remember this book feeling happy basically yeah like he's fucking nailing Ginny who wouldn't be happy and yeah I am obviously a big fan of (laughs) all romance portlines so I remember finding this book fun but I know for other people it completely lets this book down yeah so let's get into it yeah chapter one the other minister okay the chapter that i distinctly remember when we started this podcast i remember thinking literally like probably from our first episode thinking i cannot wait until we get to the other minister yeah i think this might be my favorite chapter definitely one of my favorite chapters out of the entire series i find it so funny because now it is but as a kid i used to skip it yeah and spinner's end <sighs> And I used to skip. I used to skip any chapters that weren't from Harry's perspective. Not the first time I read them, obviously. Mm. But when I did my summer rereads, I'd be like, "Yeah, I know what happens," and skip them because I just wasn't interested in anything not from Harry's perspective. <laughs> and I feel like this is where J.K. Rowling like knew she was writing for adults because I've read. I've heard a lot of kids who skip them. Mm. Who, who or who just like glossed over them and then I hear that a lot of people come back to them as adults and absolutely love them so yeah. I think they're written with adults more in mind yeah I think I always enjoyed them I just it's anything that mixes it up that isn't from Harry's point of view yeah. I find just so much more interesting and I just love this as well like something from it's kind of obviously I know we have like the gaunt house thing but yeah that's kind of still from Harry's point of view from that he's like kind of seeing it like it's kind of a bit mixed yeah but you don't know it's a dream until the next chapter but yeah but like it's still like quite heavily like 
magical. Mm, mm. Whereas this feels like the one most from like the perspective of a muggle yeah. since the first chapter. Yeah, I made a load of notes at the end about why this chapter is good and like what yeah. makes it good. So I think I, like... it's yeah, I think it's like the thing with the one in the gaunt house is that it's like he doesn't know what's happening. And it's just all a bit mysterious and blah, blah, blah. And then there's magic and then it's like over. Yeah. Whereas these are more like someone that knows what's going on, like a muggle that kind of knows. And I just love it. I just find it like so interesting. And it was nice to get like that kind of muggle perspective for once and find out like kind of another angle of it. It was like a nice refreshing way to get information that isn't just like normally it's like a newspaper or it's coming from like Hermione I lit did you read my notebook let me read you my note that I was going to read out at the end really clever way to bring us up to date on what's going on without it being a newspaper um, book seven or Hermione (laughs) no or Weasley expositioning the shit out of it that's quite terrifying (laughs) These That's were this really uh, this whole paragraph is for things I wanted to say at the end, and you just like read my note out. <laughs> That's really scary. And I got like a hem book seven because book seven. Oh, you're so clever. You've done three newspaper articles, but I'm bored. Stop giving me newspaper mm. articles. Yeah. So first things first, off the bat, this is set in 1996. Yeah. So I kind of grew up thinking this was Tony Blair. And I am wrong because yeah. it is not. It is John, John Major, Major yeah. who I know very little about. Yeah, very this little. Is what I find really disappointing. Either side, you would have either had Thatcher sure. or, or Tony Blair. Blair, which would have been hilarious. Exactly. But we got just the one in the middle where it's just kind of like. <gasps> well, here's the thing: she was clearly trying not to get it to be a real prime minister. Oh no, because... it's not. Especially because later on, it references the guy like, before... before him. Which I none. wonder whether she changed it because it's kind of like, ah, oh, I can't so heavily reference that this is real. Mm. But yeah, John Major was, um, as far as I know, boring because nothing has ever been said about him ever that I remember. Yeah. And he was kind of the end of the conservative reign. So Thatcher had been in conservative power for 11 years. John Major took over and was that Prime Minister for another seven years. Mm. But that's all the end of the Tory party's long reign. Yeah. And this is set one year before he was about to lose his seat to New Labour. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't actually that boring. Maybe it's just that we had Thatcher, who was Thatcher. Everyone knows about Thatcher. There was a lot to say. And then he was, like, in power when we were, like, two or something. Yeah. And then we know more, like, it's not that I remember, like, vaguely remember Tony Blair being in power, but, you know, like, so maybe we were just too young and he wasn't as iconic as Thatcher, but, yeah... I, I, it's disappointing to me that it wasn't either Thatcher or Tony Blair. I know. I'm like, they are characters. Yeah. And I don't know a single thing about Job Major, but yeah. he should be the Prime Minister in this chapter, according to the timeline. Yeah. So we open on him. Being stressed as fuck. When is a Prime Minister not stressed? Yeah. Wait, um, you know who the best Prime Minister it could have been? Hugh Grant from Love Actually. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. I was literally like, what Prime Minister has Charlie ever liked? The one from Love Actually. (laughs) Look, I think we no longer need to do this podcast spoken out loud. I think we can just do it telekinesis. Genuinely, though, when I like 
this is really sad. When I like listen to the audiobooks go to bed, I have conversations with you about what I'm listening in my head, and I don't need you actually there. Did I you, know what you're gonna say. Did you see how cute the Discord would be when they found out that for all the nights when we were on holiday together, we listened to the audiobooks to fall asleep? They were like, "You are caricatures of yourselves, and yeah. it is adorable." To be fair, that was like the cutest part when I edited that part of the vlog because I forgot it, and then like I edited it. It's just this really cute clip. You can see it if you're like on our Patreon. But yeah, me and Hannah getting ready to go to bed the first night. We had like a really ne- early night, our first night in Greece when we went to Albania. And yeah, it's just like us in our pajamas in bed debating which Harry Potter audiobook to put on to fall asleep to. It's really like cute. Really cute. It's like peak like best friend action. And, we're just, and you turn to me and you're like, do you mind that it won't start at the beginning? And I'm like, of course I don't mind. It's it was fucking adorable, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, we don't need to both say things anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah, so he's stressed as fuck. Um mm-hmm. it's unfortunately not Hugh Grant. He's reading a memo, like a really long memo, and waiting for a phone call. I've for some reason here wrote down that this is the only chapter not from a known character's point of view. I, it was just about the fact I was thinking like, oh, there are other chapters set from other people's point of views, but mm. you've got two from no, that's not true. You don't know Frank Bryce. I was lying when I made yeah. this note. I'm wrong. I'll see myself out. Yeah. A bridge has collapsed. There's chilly mist everywhere. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. There's chilly mist anywhere. Things are going wrong. A bridge has collapsed and J.K. Rowling does writing a sleazy politician very well in this chapter because I always thought, Ooh. oh, this prime minister doesn't seem that bad. And then reading it as an adult on a close reading, I was like... Oh, there are some bad signs in here. Yeah. Multiple times. And here is the first instance. The Prime Minister is more angry that his opponents are blaming him for something happening than the thing itself happening. So he thinks, oh, my opponent thinks it's my fault. The bridge collapsed and he's really upset and angry about that rather than thinking, oh, people died in that accident. Mm -hmm. And that's sad. And this happens four or five times in this chapter. You know what else keeps happening? He keeps referring to just the general public as voters. Mm. They're not people, they're voters. voters. Which just shows... When a woman is murdered close to him, he thinks, oh, it happened on my doorstep. The papers had a field day. Yeah. He's very self-centred. and yeah. But it's also just... Uh, yeah, J.K. Rowling knows how to write a sleazy politician. Like, she wrote Fudge really well in Pompous. And this is like, he seems nice when you read it, but actually he's this this Prime Minister is so self-serving and it's all in there and it's good. Ugh. I liked the mention of the chilly mist and that people are miserable because as the reader, you already know it's yeah. Dementors if you're switched on. You're just kind of like, mm. oh yeah, Dementors. He hears a cough from the portrait and he thinks, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, fully like... Not, not now. today. Like, not now. Not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. <laughs> yeah. So then the portrait is like, Fudge wants to speak to you. And he's like, no, 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 I can't. I've got a call with Diana. Yeah. It's like, I can't uh, rearrange it. I've got a call with Diana. I Diana, Diana? Yeah, Diana, Diana. I mean, she references a lot of 90s. Th- like, it, it's but- not that weird. It's a bit, it's a bit weird because I feel like this is one of the only moments we have the. It's either book one or two. We got like the PlayStation moment, yeah, which yeah. is one of the only other moments where you're like, this is the nineties. Yeah. And admittedly, this could be any other Diana, but like, it's clearly it, not. It's clearly it's nineteen ninety six. It's nineteen ninety six. Like we all know who it is. Yeah. But yeah, that 
is like the the portrait is like it's fine we've rearranged it and then also the fact that he's like oh we'll rearrange it i'm like um I'm sorry, you were meant to be... This is a whole thing in Harry Potter about the good side is trying to protect the muggles. But they have no understanding of muggles' free will. They're just like, oh, you can't... We need you, so you can't take that call. So instead of just like breaking the phone we're going to make them forget yes what what if that call had been like i think someone's trying to kill me <laughs> i think it's the queen <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't laugh no we shouldn't oh. um because <clears throat> so yeah the painting's like uh, he's coming fudge is coming we then get a long flashback so the prime minister's kind of like i remember the other times this yeah. happened and then we get a blow by blow of every other time this has happened yeah so the first time was when he'd just been made prime minister, like a day in, and Fudge is like, hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it kind of ends with Fudge saying, we'll probably never meet again. Like, yeah. it, you're going to be fine. And um, Fudge, like, so this is where, like, the canonical thing doesn't make much sense because Fudge speaks about a predecessor. Yes. Who tried to, to throw, throw him out, out the, the window. window. That's Thatcher. Yes. I absolutely. I kind of am like she originally wrote she and the yeah. editor was like, No, because there's only been one female prime minister. Yeah. It's going to be way yeah. too obvious who you're referencing. You have to change yeah. it. Thatcher or, fully definitely tried to yeet fudge out the window. Or it's just JK Rowling, you know, misgendering people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, Thatcher I need I wrote down that I need like a like a mini comedy sketch about Margaret Thatcher trying to throw fudge out of yeah. a window. Yeah, yeah. Same. I really love the idea <laughs> that the Minister for Magic's contact with the Muggle body of government is only with the Prime Minister, right? Because what the fuck does a Prime Minister actually do? Nothing. The, all yeah. the decisions are made by the other people in power. They're made by uh, the civil servants and things like that. <laughs> and I love it because it kind of works because it kind of makes sense that the wizards are so stupid. They're yeah. like, this one person, us having contact with just them will be fine. Yeah. No, it won't. It's like when he tells them, oh, we're importing dragons. What What is the muggle prime minister supposed to do with that information? He says, you're not meant to do anything with it. But- the one that got me is like <clears throat> skipping forward slightly. He's like, oh, Black's escaped. You'll put out the message. I'm sorry. Can you imagine a situation where the Prime Minister, through no information that has been officially given to him, no other people in his cabinet know about it, not a single civil servant knows about it, goes, we have to put this message out on TV. People will be like, you need to be sectioned. You can't just as the Prime Minister go, I'm going to say a thing in this country. It doesn't work like that. You can't just be like, "Um, yeah, just heard from this prison. Uh, This dude's escaped. They're going to be like, what prison? And he's going to be like... Uh, I'm assuming Fudge gave him, I don't know, like forged documents and said, we'll do some memory modification and the text just skipped that out because yeah. otherwise, yeah, he'd go up to his press secretary, secretary and be like, so we need to say this. And she'd be like, did yeah. you get enough sleep last night? Yeah. And then like, even if somehow it like got to that point, the journalist would be like, okay, we need to fact check this. Yeah. And he'd be like, here's an image. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he got an image, so presumably Fudge gave him some documents. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> In this first meeting, Fudge transfigures a teacup into a gerbil and, and then leaves behind the gerbil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great, thank you. Now I have a gerbil. The next meeting is about Sirius, which is nice because it was mentioned in book three. Like Fudge said, I've had a meeting with the Prime Minister. So it's really nice that she was like, 
she said that in book three, clearly thinking, oh, the muggle people would have to be alerted. And then she's finally like, oh, now I want to write that. Like, I yeah. want to write that in. It's, it's just really so fun. so much fun to me. I don't know. I just love this chapter. It's so fun. Yeah. So then <laughs> the next meeting, <laughs> Fudge has come, I don't know, from where? I can't remember. He's come straight from Azkaban or something. And he steps out the fire. And the book describes, he takes his hat off because it's got water in it. And he tips the water from his bowl of hat. And the text says, I shit you not, into his pocket. <laughs> and I was like, I've read that wrong. And like read it again. I was like, no, no, no. How did I not pick up on that? He tips the water from his hat. How would that help? I don't know. <laughs> it would just go through. Well, we know he's not the smartest. He's not that dumb. He's not, I'm going to tip water from my hat into my pocket. Which pocket? How didn't I pick up on His that? His breast pocket? His... How didn't I? Hold on, let me check. I was, I was like reading it like, no, I've got this wrong. I've just come from Azkaban, Fudge had panted, tipping a large amount of water out of the rim of his bowler hat into his pocket. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking whimsical. Whoop! So after the Sirius Black meeting, the next meeting is after the Quidditch World Cup attack. And he's like, yeah, lol, it's fine. It's fine. Some muggles were revolt. It's fine. We're all good. We're all good. And you really do get the sense that Fudge is like slowly losing things. Like the meetings are getting closer and closer together. He's getting more panicked every time he does them. He's like, it's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. And then he's like, yeah, by the way, um, can I have... Some, I, I'm bringing some dragons in and a sphinx and the prime minister goes dragons and fudge goes yes three and a sphinx and a sphinx I love it then the next one is the mass breakout from Azkaban and he's again like it's fine everything's fine and then we snap back to the present yeah you really like I don't understand how later on in this chapter the Mongol prime minister is surprised that Fudge has lost his job. Like, you think that many visits with, like, increasing regularity, you'd be like, this guy does not seem good at his job. Yeah, because even Fudge is like, oh, good sir. Like, I don't say good sir, but he says something that pompous and he's like, obviously I have been fired. <laughs> yeah, as he should have been. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so we snack back to the present. Fudge is talking about, basically, the Prime Minister tries to save face and be like, oh, what about Sirius Black? And Fudge is like, yeah, he's dead. He got murdered in the government buildings and he and, was innocent <laughs> and he was innocent and the prime minister instead of thinking wow that's sad that an innocent man dies goes touch wood like he's literally written as touching wood i've never had anyone murdered on government property and then he's like quite and i'm like go murder fudge do it yeah. <laughs> and he's glad about that not because he doesn't want someone to die but because it would reflect badly on his leadership yep Yep, 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 Scum. Yep, yep. So then we find out that this bridge that has been kind of like a thing throughout the chapter, it was Voldemort breaking it. And Voldemort gave like an ultimatum threat to Fudge and said, if you don't stand aside, I'm going to mass murder some muggles. And obviously Fudge didn't step aside. This is some dark shit that we're viewing in a really like light comedic way through the mm. Prime Minister. Like, we're just like, la di da isn't it funny, this conversation? Voldemort threatened a mass murder and then just did it. Like, yeah. it's kind of thing where we knew Voldemort was bad, not because we had seen him do loads of bad things, because we'd been told he was bad for the last, like, 
two, like he came back at the end of book four and book five, people are like, he's bad, we need to prepare. But it, we don't actually know he's really bad. Like we've seen him attack yeah. Harry, but that's it. So it's it's kind of like this ramping up of like, oh, okay, he yeah. actually does really yeah. bad, horrible things. Yeah, for sure. And like, as much as I hate Fudge, like that's a vile situation to be put in. Well, Fudge it's will like, like feel guilty about that for the rest of his life. Yeah, it's like... He knows if he did step down, way more people would die, but he's still going to have every single one of those people's lives on his conscience. Yeah, and Fudge actually does seem regretful, whereas the Prime Minister says, oh, it's bad that that happened. Almost worse than it being my fault. (sighs) Scum. Scum. Yeah, it's just such the political thing. Like, the thing, they do not worry about the thing. They worry about the look of the thing yeah. and like we like it's all come to light with the Tory government we yeah. do not worry about Boris the party Johnson's text messages we worry about the look of the party but how will that look if we close down the country yeah there's a giant running around Somerset I don't understand like fair enough they've wiped the memories of like the people that the giant attacked but how did the giant get from A to B without being seen and where it is it now doesn't make any sense <laughs> Like this entire, it doesn't make any sense. Anytime they go on about like the giants or the dragons or like, doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. When Hagrid got his brother all the way back, how? They swam around the country. (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Like, oh, it's like we've had to modify loads of people's memories. Don't know where it is now. How? It's a giant. It can't hide and England's really populated. Yeah. Also, like, you can't just get on a broom. Go look for it. It's really big. Yeah. Also, I love that they keep saying the West Country and then they're like Somerset. I don't know. It made me laugh. Yeah. Amelia Bones has been murdered. Personally. And this is like a weird thing. (laughs) Because... I just liked your phrasing. She's personally been murdered. I'm sorry. I meant personally by Voldemort. I kind of forgot the last two words. Yeah, I know. Personally. (laughs) By me. Personally been murdered. (laughs) And this is kind of a weird death. Because... She's been a named person in the books. Harry has met her. And Harry viewed her as someone who was fair, who was almost a bit outside of how shitty the ministry had become. And it's all its officialness and actually stuck by what was fair and right. And obviously Voldemort thought the same thing because Mm. he murdered her in what's described as a horrible way and she put up a really good fight. And it's kind of like, it just started, this chapter started to give me the sense of like dread, Mm. which is, clearly what it was meant to be doing like things are closing down things are happening you're hearing about all these things and there's nothing you can do and i think not to like draw a horrible comparison but it's kind of like what we're living through at the moment where you read about all these horrible things that are happening Mm. and there's nothing you can do they're just happening yeah and you're like okay right so i just read about this every day on my commute to work and i carry on with my little job yeah and it kind of felt like that, like that horrible just feeling of things are getting worse and worse and worse. Mm. And then Amelia Vance has been killed. Was she the one from Harry's Guard? I can't remember. She might have been. Yeah, I think she was. She's also been killed in a in a grisly way, apparently. Lovely. Mm. Nice. It also just gives you that sense that Harry is just one small part of like a huge war. And like these deaths, Voldemort does have a bigger agenda than just Harry because these yeah. deaths have nothing to do with him. Yeah, but then he'll still be like, all these people, they died for me. Yeah. The Dementors have been fucking. Breeding. Fucking. Okay, this implies that they, like, multiply 
through more misery. Implies they have genitalia. It doesn't, though. It implies that the more miserable people are and the more miss there is, just more appear. I don't know. It was phrased really weirdly. No, I think they're going at it. I think they get aroused by the misery. Yeah. But, and like, then... did I read it wrong in the book? I think I did. When a Dementor sucks out your soul, do you then eventually become a Dementor? No, I think you're just like a soulless shallow person okay fair enough what if how they breed is like the reverse of sucking out the soul where like some silvery misty stuff just comes out of their mouth and into the other dementor's mouth and then the other dementor has a baby i don't like no misty spit ejaculate yeah Thank you for that image. Well, that's the episode title. Yeah, Misty Spit Ejaculate. Yeah. Fudge has been sacked, which is kind of like, he says it like, nah, not a surprise, but we've had the same Prime Minister for five of these books and now it's just like, nah, gone. Yeah. It's just kind of like a lot has changed in the literal two weeks we've been apart from Harry. <laughs> yeah, but what what I find wild is that it, he was sacked three days ago and they already have a new prime minister, but there's there's no mention of like an election oh, or anything. No, 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 no. It's no. just we have a new one now. But then later on, it's kind of, well, I guess it's from like the Muggle prime minister's point of view, but he says how he, he can see how like the electoral like the voters would prefer scrimger i suppose this is technically a war emergency situation so it is feasible that he could have been sacked and a snap election be called but yeah and i and i get how you would administer that quicker like given magic but it's it's still very quick no it's still like very quick but they're literally like emergency situations let's go like yeah but then maybe we have (laughs) There is no sign of political parties. Nope. There is no sign of... No, that voting is mentioned. Like, I don't know. At some point it says, like, in the end, Fudge got the job mm. about, of Prime Minister when they're talking about whether Dumbledore should have got it. And that does imply... Does that imply voting? No, if anything, I think it implies the opposite, that it's a job that you get hired into. Yeah. It is weird how it's described in the yeah. books. Like, do you, do you guys actually have a democracy? kind of feel like they don't because yeah there's no political parties yeah just these people just end up being hired yeah so fudge has been sacked and he's like yeah the new person's coming he's writing a letter to dumbledore and then we get a mention of maybe he can do a better job persuading the boy and as the reader you're like harry wait what persuading him to do what and the chapter just never tells you and you're like persuading him to do what yeah I love mentions of Harry from other people's point of view. The boy. The boy. The boy. I love it. And then we get introduced to the new Minister for Magic, Rufus Scrimgeour, who looks like a lion and no one knows how to say his surname. Do you know how to say his surname? Scrimgeour. Scrimgeour? Scrimgeour? Scrimgeour. Well, in the audiobooks, it was always just Scrimgeour. Scrimgeour. Okay. I didn't know whether you put the extra E in there, like Scrimgeour. Oh, hated the casting in the films. Bill Nighy. I love Bill Nighy. Maybe not in that role, but I do love Bill no. Nighy. He, no. I mean, he didn't look right. He was meant to look like, like a lion yeah. and he just looks and, like and Bill Nighy. And just be more like powerful. Bill Nighy is just a bit of a joke. He always plays the same character. No, he does. Yeah. 
And it's always like a comedic character and he just didn't work in that role. I just found it really hard to take serious. I don't think he came across as comedic to me, but he doesn't come across as strong enough because also he was quite old when he was playing that. And like, yeah. I know Scrimgeour's meant to be like a bit grey, but I didn't imagine him as like old. I just imagined like... Grizzly, experience. Yeah, grizzly and experience. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Kingsley Shacklebolt has been employed <laughs> as a bodyguard through secretly working as the secretary for the prime minister. And it's just brilliant. And it's amazing because the PM gets really like high and mighty about like, oh no, you, you, I'm perfectly happy with my security team. And then they're like, oh, uh, your new team member, um, Kingsley. And he's like, you cannot change him. He's amazing. He gets work done so much quicker. And they're like, yeah. He's, He's a, a wizard. wizard. <laughs> I love the idea that Kingsley is being given like quite important governmental work and is just like magic, magic, magic. Yeah. magic. Did it! Did yeah. it more, please? <laughs> yeah, just him doing like endless admin. <laughs> They're like, can you file this? And he's like, oh, Jesus, not yep. another one. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. I love it. I just love this little mention of Kingsley. I just find it brilliant. Yeah. It turns out they've been talking about a junior minister this whole time and how like he's been acting weird. Turns out his name is Herbert Chorley. So this is definitely a conservative minister. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Herbert Chorley has been impersonating a duck. I think I've been Mandela effect about this because I could have sworn to God it was a squirrel. But I think we put that as one of the answers when mm. we run a pub quiz. Maybe. And now I'm like, it's a squirrel. I'm like, no, it's a duck. Yeah. I just feel like this was Boris's origin story. <laughs> He's always just impersonated a duck. Yeah. But also, like, they were acting like he'd done something terrible and then it was just impersonate. Oh, no, well, and then when he... Then he attacked people. Yeah, but only in St Mungo's. Yeah, <laughs> but still. No, but they made it sound like he'd been attacking people before and then it was just, like, impersonating a duck. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a badly informed, like, performed imperious curse. So that, like, was a direct assassination attempt on yeah. the Prime Minister. Like, what would... But what would Voldemort's aim be to assassinate the Prime Minister to then put a wizard in charge of the yeah, Muggles? I guess yeah, so. basically, like a puppet state. Yeah. I find it like it's so dumb that the Muggle Prime Minister's like, I'm happy with my security. It's like, you're up against wizards. Yeah. Mate, what do you think you're gonna do? <laughs> Although I I do love any argument about just shoot Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> like I love that the Prime Minister doesn't bring that up. Like, have you thought about a gun? <laughs> yeah. But like literally, I've brought this up before. But there is literally a plot in Buffy where there's this big hyped up thing where they're like this demon that no weapon alive can kill in all like the history books is like no weapon alive can kill it. And they're like, yeah, well, that was written a long time ago. And then they literally they just get like a fucking bazooka and like blow it up and it's dead. And literally their argument is just like, well, this book was written a long time ago. We have better weapons now. I feel like this is the same thing. Yeah, They're like, we can't kill Voldemort. Ah, Have we tried muggle weapons? I mean, no, because he has horcruxes. But yeah, it won't kill his body. You you could blow the man up. He might still be alive, but he's gone for now. It's gonna be soup. Yeah. It's gonna be really dangerous soup. Danger soup. Danger soup. Danger Danger soup. soup. (laughs) Fudge is staying on in an advisory role to Scrimger, which is almost like a teeny tiny teeny little redemption arc from just a teeny tiny little one because like for all the terrible things he's done you'd think he'd just run away and go into hiding but no he's actually gonna stay and try to help scrimger take over Mm. and 
He actually is interested in now defeating Voldemort because he clearly feels so shamed by the awful mess he's caused. Yeah. He's responsible for so many deaths. Yeah. You could tell David Cameron never read this book. (laughs) (laughs) And then the chapter ends with the Prime Minister being like, but why can't you solve it? You're wizards. And they're like, yeah, so is he. Yeah. Bye. That seems really obvious to me. Like, what, what, why did the Muggle PM have to ask this? Because he's stressed. He's like, just magic it better. I was thinking, though, that why that line was in there at the end, and almost why this whole chapter exists, other than a really clever way to do some exposition, is that it also serves as a, almost an answer to, like, I'm sure J.K. Rowling got asked multiple times, like, oh, but does the Prime Minister know? How does that actually work? Like, how does it work with the Muggle world? And she was kind of mm. like, haha, I'm going to answer all these questions. But yeah. her only problem is this does actually kind of, this whole chapter raises just as many questions as it answered. Like, okay, how does that information then get out there? Like with Sirius Black, like, yeah. How does that work? Yeah. It actually shows a better style of writing as well than we normally get yeah. from jk because like i think because she's given the challenge of writing from a new point of view Mm. and it like is different and something new to play with and it also i think it's really good because it brings the story back to the reader because the reader is meant to be a muggle like the reader is kind of a muggle and it makes the story feel hyper realistic like you're literally like reading a chapter from a prime minister like the prime minister of england's perspective Mm. and it makes it feel like very relatable like oh this could be going on right now and you would just think the bridge is weakened and the mist is unseasonable for the time of year and there Mm. was a hurricane in somerset have you ever heard of a hurricane like think of all the weird things that have happened mostly there was a sandstorm this week what if that was a magical sand monster yeah 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 but yeah this kind of sets the tone for book six as well of like really dark shit in a kind of light and amusing way <laughs> yeah yeah i think no it, it's just interesting i just whilst i appreciate like the books being written kind of from this like narrator that's kind of from harry's point of view kind of angle it can get quite limiting definitely definitely like there would be so much depth in a Harry Potter story set from other people's point of views. And that is where the TV show that we will one day direct will come in. Yeah, exactly. I just, yeah, it just, doing this kind of thing just opens the door for more interesting storytelling mm. at times. I would like to see a lot more of it. Like, I can appreciate why she's stuck with the third person omniscient for, like, the majority. But I do think that she could have had maybe two or three chapters per book. Yeah written in a different way that would have added a lot like especially the openings of the books are such like a classic and then harry reads a newspaper article or gets a letter from a friend you know yeah i just think there's other ways to do that well this book she did two beginning chapters we were about to get snapes no it's whose point of except from narcissa's point of view actually yeah keep calling it snapes but it's not that's book seven it's narcissa yeah that's a cool character said it from. It is. We have a questione. Oh, yeah. Do or should the magical items in Harry Potter have any rights? For example, the sorting hat. Does it just sit in the head person's office and make up next year's song for 364 days? Should it have sick days? Get a holiday break. And the mirror in Prisoner of Azkaban that tells Harry to comb his hair. Is it happy giving advice? Is it sentient and content with its task? Brainwashed into thinking it lives a full and happy life? Or are they not sentient and just bewitched to feel real? And that's from Amelie. 
Love this. Wow, Genius Emily. question. I think the way I kind of see this like almost like sentient like objects and stuff is like the same way as like the portraits and the ghosts where it's more of like an impression or like imprint. Yeah. Or like, I guess like the moving, like the waving photos and stuff as well. I see it as, yeah, like a kind of imprint as opposed to like a fully real... Like, because otherwise you're like, like creating a life form. I like, kind of see them all very different, on like almost a scale of sentientness. Yeah. So on the bottom of that scale, you've got that mirror that you mentioned that tells Harry to comb its hair. That to me is not sentient. It's a clever charm. Yeah. The same way that we now have Alexas to be like, it's raining outside. Have a good day. That's not real. She's just programmed to say that to me. Yeah. Like, she's not sentient, I hope. Please stop listening, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> then you have, like, the pictures. Not the portraits, the pictures. And to me, they are just a snapshot of the moment. The people in them can't feel, like, sentient emotions. They're just repeating what that person would have felt in that moment, like, in different ways. Mm. Then you have the portraits which is where it starts to get like is this okay because that's where they are clearly sentient more sentient can answer questions but they are only a reflection of when they were painted but do they get bored like that's what worries me about them they're sitting there all day every day and then the top of scale i do think you have the hat the hat says brains were put inside of it that hat needs help (laughs) i just had such an interesting thought about the hat okay what if it's a Horcrux? So it's not brains, it's a... <gasps> Which would mean that Godric Gryffindor was still alive. Like, imagine if he created the hat as a Horcrux and essentially, like, faked his death. But he could still be dead body-wise and just that part of his soul is living on and then he's wandering around as a lost bit of soul. Yeah, I guess. But I feel like you if you were going to do that, you'd be like, well, I'll stay alive and I'll just become... Bob. It could be like a like a friendly Horcrux. Yeah. Like your friendly neighborhood Horcrux. It, it just seems really similar to the magic of the diary. Mm. Like it does. I w- <sighs> Can someone write or if it exists link me to a fanfic of like Godric Gryffindor that like creates this hat because he thinks that like his work needs to go on. Or that, yeah, and then, but he's like, well, I'm, I'm still gonna be alive because of this. And then he just like lives his life just in the wizarding world with no one knowing that he's actually like Godric Gryffindor. And just like every few years he goes into hiding and then comes back like, ha, I'm f- Bob's son now. <laughs> <laughs> I know I look a lot like my dad. Uh, <laughs> but... He's dead now. I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's. What if it's a Horcrux? Because, like, yeah, it's, like, that's, like, next level. Yeah, because to me, the hat is the most sentient in some ways. I know the portraits are super sentient, but they're still, like, paint on canvas that has been charmed to make them act like the person. The hat is described as having a brain in it. And it might not mean a literal brain, I am aware of that, but it is not an impression of a thing that was Mm. once alive. It's like a a thing. Yeah. 
which is like mad powerful magic. Also, it must get so bored. Yeah. Is well, it sleeping? I don't know. Can I, it hibernate? I guess it does have like Dumbledore's orgies to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And then when and McGonagall's... it probably chats to the portraits. Yeah. No, it can chat to the portraits. And you know, when McGonagall's headmaster, she's just having like cat parties. Like she turns into a cat. Oh my God. When McGonagall is headmistress. Okay. She turns into a cat. And then all the cats, the pet cats from around the school just come up and hang out with her. Oh, 100%. And then like their owners are like, where, where have you been? Why did you have treats? And they're like, I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> my new head cannon. Yes. No, that definitely happened. <laughs> definitely. I'm not just imagining McGonagall spying on the students as a cat as well, just running around like... <laughs> yeah. And that got off topic, but yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that question, Emily. Yes, the things in Harry Potter are creepy, but the mirror one I do think is just like an Alexa, yeah. like a like a Google Home Assistant. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's the same way as the moral doesn't map like insults people. Yeah, it's like it's... formulated automated response to like someone being rude It's like to a it. magic eight ball. ball but that's thing. random. Like to me, the Marauders map—it knew someone was being rude to it, so it yeah. was rude back. Yeah, but kind of in a like random, like probably like set responses that kind of make sense with various. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, thanks, Emily. That was great a great question. question. And that is the end of episode one. Woo! Woo! This felt short because I have become so used to our hour, half, yeah. hour and a half recordings in book five. Let's keep it to our ones in book six, please. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. You're looking forward to the rest of season six. Cannot wait to continue this book. I'm so glad we're no longer on Order of the Phoenix. Order and the Phoenix. Order and the Phoenix. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons. Yolanda, Samuel, Nick, Lewis, Layla, Catherine, Gillian, Ashley and Amelie. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon, where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.